America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to Season 3 of The Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how marketers can embrace Agile principles to be more successful in their work. While Agile has a number of applications, marketers are uniquely suited to benefit from it. We're going to talk about the value of experimentation, having patience to measure results, and the power of continuous incremental improvement. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Steve Mubray, uh, Enterprise Agile Coach. Uh, first, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and, and what you do now? Um, hey, Greg. Uh, th- thanks for thanks for having me. Um, as Greg mentioned, I am an, an Enterprise Agile Coach, and, and what that means is, is I help organizations um, implement uh, business agility across the org. Um, I've been working with a variety of different different customers uh, for the last uh, few years. Uh, I stumbled across uh, agility practices uh, a decade ago when I was coming off of a long waterfall style project and I realized this was not the, the best way to, to do things and I discovered um, agility was kind of how I was running uh, a marketing business that I had for a decade before, um, but I didn't know that there was all the, these practices around it. So the whole concepts of, of agile and business agility came very natural for me. That's great. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, since since that point, you've built some great experience working with teams, building agile practices within organizations. Um, so just to, for the audience. I know I we I talk a lot about agile in, in various ways, some some more strict methodology and some more abroad in the broader sense of the term. But you know, for the audience, how would you define the guiding principles of agile? Okay. You know, that's a that's a almost a lo- loaded question as <laughs> as you know, Greg, because because people tend to to dig in on their on their certain frameworks and so forth. But yeah. um, you know, the Agile Manifesto was written twenty years ago. And we're celebrating its anniversary. In fact, um, a20dmv.org. We just had a, a big, a big event, a three-day event where we were celebrating um, the the signing of the Agile Manifesto. And for something to last 20 years, it has to be pretty powerful. And the reality of it is, when it was written, it was um, it was written by a bunch of techies. They were all software developers trying to find better ways to develop software. And it was written at a time to solve a problem of the market and the technology was changing faster than business processes allowed. So by the time you planned a project, by the time that you uh, got budgeting for a project uh, and launched it, 
things had changed so much that your project was no longer valid even before you 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 got the product in, into market and this was 20 years ago so there was no facebook uh, cell phones in america could not connect to the internet and video conferencing was completely impossible so think about how much faster things change today um, so really the, the core values, there's four values and 12 principles. The core values are really focused on the ability to respond to change rapidly. And through that, you want to make sure that you, um, that, that you focus on experimenting, learning, and responding to what you've just learned uh, and go forward. So as long as you take the, the, the technical principles or the, that, are, that are applied and think about it from the, the mindset of we don't know what we we don't know what we don't know yet. So let's let's do some experiments. Let's test the waters. Let's learn and then let's adapt to whatever the the, the new changes are. That's going to bring you um, an agile mindset. That's going to bring business agility to your organization. That's great. No, that that's a really good. Um, I think that's a really good summary. And uh, you know. We, while there's a lot of different applications, I mean, I think, I think we've seen um, Agile applied to many different facets of a business. I know it had its roots in, in manufacturing and software development, but really, you know, we've seen it um, applied in, in many different ways. Today, we're going to focus a little bit more on the marketing, uh, the marketing aspect. That's certainly uh, something that a, a good deal of, of my audience is, is involved in. Certainly, I've, I've a, a good share of experience there as well. What do you think, you know, when you think of this, this agile mindset and agile approach, um, why do you think it's, it's can be so beneficial to marketers? Oh, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. And the reality of it is, I think it can be uh, valuable to, to pretty much anything that doesn't become a, a repetitive process. And by that, I mean, if you, you know, if, if you if you build a house and you build 100 houses, and they're all identical, well, you know, you, you probably nailed it. You probably figured out the best way to do it. But anything else, you just don't know. So uh, when you think about marketing, marketing is really based on how people outside of your tribe uh, respond to your communications, right? So you can't predict that. You don't know. Now, if you have lots of experience, certainly your, your first estimate, your first guess, your first try is going to be closer than someone with no experience. But yeah. you just don't know. So, Greg, you and I are talking right now, and I could I could sell you something. Um, we're in the sales cycle, but right. if we're trying to market, we're trying to reach people that we don't know, that we're not having one-on-one -on -one communication with, and we just don't know how they're going to respond to whatever we create. So um, through that, you're constantly pulling, you're constantly learning, and, and hopefully you're constantly adjusting and responding to the new information. So, um, so having an agile mindset is, is almost um, inherently practical. And I think most successful marketing campaigns and most successful marketing organizations have already been embracing that. Uh, they just may not have a, a, a complete framework around it. And, and I think just, just identifying it as business agility, as uh, marketing agility, or, or you know, creating a, a nomenclature around it so you can discuss it in, in a vocabulary, uh, I think can be very, very powerful. But I think people are already doing it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a lot of marketers, even for, for quite a while, have been, they've been engaging in agile practices and yeah, and but not having, not calling it such. And, and therefore, I, I think you make a great point is, 
when you can name something and when you can put a vocabulary to it, then you can be more methodical about it. Right. And I think that's, that's the benefit. It's not that there's one solution to all of our problems, which is agile. It's that agile is actually a great solution to a lot of problems because it helps give a framework to um, things like experimentation and, you know, how you do that and how you do it the right way versus, um, not being, um, you know, not, not being so scientific about it. Can you talk a little bit about that, that process and, and, you know, creating hypothesis, testing it and all that, and, and just how, how marketers might think about that in a, in a little bit more structured way. Um, uh, you know, that's a, that's another great point. And the creation of a, an hypothesis statement, I think is a brilliant step. And the, the reason we call it a, a hypothesis is just because, you know, we don't know we're going to we're going to test something and we're going to check our results and see if we proved or disproved our hypothesis. Right. If, if you go back to school and think about the scientific method and the idea of creating a true hypothesis statement is so powerful because it aligns everybody, it aligns the teams, it aligns the stakeholders um, and it provides focus on the goals. And if you can, and if you can create it in such a way that you can use it as a speakable elevator pitch, and and we write one way, we speak in another. So we have to be careful. We always want the the hypothesis statement to be something that that we can speak about. Um, it just brings a lot of alignment and clarity. Now, in order to do that, you have to you have to make it short. You have to use language that people normally use, um, and you have to describe what you're doing why you're doing it, what are the expected outcomes, and most importantly, how we will know if we're achieving our goals. And those are the leading indicators. And with, with indicators, we have leading indicators and lagging indicators. And the leading indicators are going to tell us, are we on track? Are we headed in the right direction? Before we get our final result, results, are we in the process of achieving that? And our lagging indicators are going to tell us, hey, you know what? What we did worked well or didn't work well, but it's in yeah. the past and there's not much we can do. So, um, and I did put, put together while we were talking this morning, uh, just a, a quick example of it. And, you know, so what we might do is, you know, a typical hypothesis statement might come out like for our marketing group who spends three to nine months getting budget approval, the agile transformation is a new way of working that will provide the ability for us to launch new initiatives in a matter of weeks, unlike our current process, which requires 10 to 20 page business cases that may be reviewed seven to 12 times. Yeah. Our solution creates guardrails and empowers our marketing teams to do what's best in a quick and rapid fashion. Nice, that's great. So, yeah. And then we could put some uh, indicators around that. You know, the outcomes are, we want to be able to respond much faster to our customers. Right. So we can gain more customers so we can keep our customers longer. Um, and some of the ways we might measure that is we will launch two initiatives in three to six months and we will have results uh, or, or testing within you know, six to nine months or, th or three to six months after after launching those. So we can have very quick responses. That way we know that we are headed on track or we're not. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, that's great. And I mean, I, I, I do think giving that, giving that, giving structure, but also giving the metrics to, to understand, because I, I think that 
the caveat in 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 my mind to this, and I, I've written and, and talked about this a bit as well, is uh, you know we collect all this data, we put these processes in place, and then I think that there's been um, a misconception about you know when you when you talk about agility and not agile methodology, but when you talk about being adaptive and agile and and stuff, there could be a a tendency to be reactive. So, you know, big data is amazing because it allowed us to start storing all this stuff. And then, you know, we, we had the machines that were able to parse that and give us access to real time data and insights and everything. But the downside to all of that is being over like reactionary, right. And, and doing something just because the campaign failed yesterday or looks like it's failing, you know, on within the first 12 hours of launch, let's say from a marketing perspective, doesn't necessarily mean we scrap all of the planning and, and uh, scrap our methodology and our, and our process and everything. So how do you, how do you guard against that? I mean, I, to me, I see agile as being a way to do that just broadly speaking, but um, how do you guard against reactionism? Um, when you have access to all these insights and when you put these KPIs in place and, and so on and so forth. Ah, yes, yes. The, well, well, you definitely have to find the right balance. Yeah. Uh, because as, as, as you know, people can react very, very quickly. Um, and I think having a clear hypothesis statement is, is so important to help avoid that because it should align everybody on what are the goals. Okay? If our real goals or true goals are, are making sure that we, you know, get, get 200,000 new customers or new likes or new uh, email addresses in the next, you know, six weeks, then that's what we want to focus on. Um, and some, and we can't tell in 12, in 12 hours, it, it, you know, as, as you mentioned. So we really have to focus on, on what are the true outcomes and what are the leading indicators that we created? And if our leading indicators say within three weeks, this is what we should have, then three weeks, you know, wait, yeah. wait three weeks and, and test, test the waters uh, and check the data. And we also need to um, adjust things a little bit. We, you use the term react a couple of times there. And when I think of reacting to something, I think of being more emotional, um, yeah. re reactionary. And I think what we really want to do is we really want to help um, or organizations and, and people respond. So we have a reaction and our initial reaction is, oh shit, what, what the <laughs> right. just happened, right? Oh no, we're, we're, we're failing. But, but then, but then, you know, absorb that, go ahead and, and react to that all you want, but absorb that for a minute, calm down and think about how you should respond to that. Go back to what are your leading indicators? What are the goals? And take in all of the information, not just that, oh shit moment, uh, but, but really wrap your head around it. And then if we go about responding and we think about responding, uh, we, we can be more thoughtful um, in, in, our, in our response and in our changes and adaption. Um, and th this is also a very important thing is, is establish some type of cadence and establishing a regular cadence um, in, in our campaigns. One of the things that, that software teams do, scrum teams do, is they'll, they'll set up a, a sprint cadence. Uh, many, many of you may have heard the term yeah. sprint. And that's normally like a two-week cadence. It, it might be one week or four weeks, but it's generally two weeks. Um, and at the end of two weeks, that's, that's when we inspect and adapt. And for those two weeks, we, we deliver. We don't change. Uh, we deliver what we said we were going to do. We meet our commitment, regardless of what happens. 
um, because two weeks is not that long. Um, and right. you know, it's, it's, if, if we do something wrong for two weeks, at least we completed something. And at the end of it, we have something, uh, that that's complete, not reactionary, not changing, not vague. Um, and that's something that we can measure. We can, uh, respond to it and we can make good decisions. And if we do it any shorter, you know, we may not. So figure out whatever your cadence is, set that and uh, just make sure that, that you follow it. Yeah. So um, one of the other things that I, I believe is agile works best when it's embraced at the, uh, you know, let's say from the top down, from the bottom up, however you want to say it, it's, it's embraced organization wide. There are plenty of organizations though, where um, there's agile, maybe the, you know, the software, the software engineering team has embraced it, you know, a decade ago or so. And, Maybe marketing is starting to embrace it now, but uh, executive leadership doesn't necessarily uh, understand it or have wrapped their heads around it, or so on and so forth. The challenge there is, you know, marketing is going along and doing the right thing and being scientific, scientific and, and methodical about things, um, but the the shareholders and the board and the rest of the exec team are like. Hey, we need results today. You know how how do you recommend that? Let, let's say a chief marketing officer in this case, um, you know, s- communicates that to to the rest of leadership and really, you know, tries to get some buy in from the rest of the org when agile is not just a, a you know a given within the organization. Um, you know that's a that's a, a fascinating question uh, because normally what what we see are organizations are are afraid to spend money and they want to plan out everything uh to the nth degree and then by the time that they've done all that planning and figured out what the return on investment is they're still wrong right it's still a hypothesis they've just spent months and months and months on it and it's a longer more expensive hypothesis yeah 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 and it's not any more accurate in fact it's usually less accurate so the the great thing about agility is is you can start doing sooner and it so you can deliver something it it may not be the big huge big bang that you were thinking of but you still have to to get to that big bang right so if you start doing sooner you can learn almost immediately especially with marketing campaigns and some of the immediate feedback you can get and so agility is the way that you build up to your big bang up to your big results as opposed to planning launching something big and then expecting big results you can use agility to do your incremental builds and as you're doing that keep leading up to the big ones now there's a couple of terms that we use uh, you know minimum viable product which I'm, i'm sure everybody's familiar with mmf which is minimum marketable feature um, and, and minimum marketable release. And so as you're doing those, you, you, you build up. So the first thing you do is, is focus on MVP. What's the smallest thing that we can do to learn? We think we're going to do this big campaign, but before we launch this big campaign, we're going to do this small little test. And as we're doing the small little test, we're going to be planning the rest of it, but we're going to go ahead and get something out there in front of people. Um, we're going to get some early adopters. We're going to get some early feedback that way. Um, our MMF, our minimum marketable feature, or the next phase, what we're actually going to put out there in the market, is going to be closer. Um, and then we're going to get to the to the the final release or the final launch of the big thing, and 
by the time we launch that big thing, instead of just talking about it and planning about it, we already have a couple of our MVP cycles. We already have a couple of our, of our MMF cycles. Yeah. So we've learned as we go. Um, and that's how we're, that's how we're understanding. We're not sitting in a room talking about, gee, what do we think is going to be the best thing to do? We've just tested a couple of things. So it doesn't take any longer to launch a big project, uh, using agility and using incremental approach. It just gets you closer. Uh, and your final, um, delivery is going to be much closer to, to what you really want. Does it, did, did that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And I think, um, I think having, um, let's say smaller increments between measurements should be something that let's say the skeptics or those that are looking for quicker results. I mean, they should, again, it's a, it's a should not a necessarily always in reality, but you know, they, those, those leaders and those in the organization should actually be more comfortable with being able to see better data more quickly. Right. Um, so I, I do think that's, it, it seems like more organizations are, are moving in this direction, but there's always those laggards that are just kind of a little behind the times and used to things being a certain way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can just, you can just build up on that. So you don't have to be any slower in your incremental approach. It's just by the time that you launch your big, huge campaign, you've done some tests along the way. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. that's, you can, you can still have the same big bang launch date if you want. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another one of those. I mean, you know, having, having run a marketing agency, being hired to do campaigns and all that, you know, it's the, I guess the, the disappointment factor in, oh, uh, well, we don't, you know, to your point, yes, you, you can still do a big, you know, a big launch date or, or whatever, but. I think the trend and the trend in, in more agile marketing is less of, okay, let's put all our dollars in a Super Bowl ad, you know, just to use an extreme <laughs> example, but instead let's be a little more methodical. And, you know, it's a, it's in a sense, it's a slower, more incremental rollout, which is less, I mean, let's just say, you know, it's, it's less sexy to have a, a rollout that, that actually goes over eight months and ramps up you know, considerably throughout that process than a big launch on day one. And we scrapped everything and started over. And, you know, it's, again, that's very dramatic and, and there's that nice reveal party or whatever for it. But to, to your, your other points that may fail miserably because, you know, it's a hypothesis and at best it's one that maybe it took longer to plan, but just because it took long, longer to plan doesn't mean it's going to be more effective. So it takes the wind out of some of the, you know, the, the, the drama, I guess, of, of marketing or whatever, but it, it should breed better results, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 It should. And, and may, maybe, um, maybe you can find some test markets or yeah. Yeah. For, for the yeah. big Super Bowl reveal, I, I could understand that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that, again, I think it's a, I think it's a natural evolution and, uh, you know, not those, those big reveals are not necessarily, um, they're not always effective, especially, you know, in an age of social media where if they don't, if the, if the audience doesn't like it and it's a big, you know, it's a big reveal, then it's actually way more detrimental than to your point, rolling out in a few markets and finding that you just inadvertently, you know, um, you know, launch something that was going to be, whether it's controversial or just simply ineffective either way, um, you know, doing it in a smaller way is, is going to be better long-term. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or maybe doing a little bit of testing so when you do your big reveal, it's 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 closer. 
Um, and maybe right. it's a maybe it's a big reveal to ninety eight percent of the country as opposed to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um, let's talk a little bit about the the teams that are working on um, on projects in a, in an agile way. Um, you know, so the the process of of completing things. You know, it's often easy to get caught up in you know percent completes of individual tasks and, and things like that. But you know, how do you work with teams to mitigate? <laughs> Um, against that, you know, I'm, I'm X percent, you know, complete with something and, and as opposed to, you know, keeping an eye on the bigger picture and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's, is such a huge challenge that I love, I love that question because, um, yeah, we all, we always go through that. I hate reporting. What percentage done are you? I, I have no idea. It's not done. Right. So until it's done, we don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that we like to focus on with with agility is is the only the only way you, you, you can show progress is by delivering something. You have to have something to show. Right. Whether some type of product. So you have to have, uh, you know, some type of of copy. You have to have some type of software. You have to have some type of of uh, delivery. You have to have tested something. You have to be able to show something. Um, and the whole, you know, 80% done, I've seen projects that are 80% done for years. So, so they yeah. never get, they never get over that hump. Um, and I think this is one of the reasons why uh, Scrum is, is, is such a popular uh, methodology for, for new agile teams, because it, it identifies things that says, hey, we start on a particular day, and then two weeks later, we finish. Whatever we start, we finish in those two weeks. And with that, that helps people get the mindset of it's more important to start finishing than it is to, to start a whole bunch of things um, and, and to get a whole bunch of things halfway done. It's better to have something complete. And when you have something complete, you can take a look at it. You can touch it, feel it, um, and you know that that's done. Now, you may have to have, you know, you, there may be the question of do we need 50 of these things or do we need 100 of these things? And, and that's, right. that becomes a different issue, but at least, you know, you have something complete, something finished. You can see it, touch it, feel it. So with a marketing campaign, I would, I would say, no, there is no 80% done in copy. We have something that is, is written, documented, designed and approved by the customer. And that's, it's either done or it's not. Um, and if you have it, if so, that forces you to break down the work, uh, into small pieces. Um, so maybe you break up the copy into three or four different tasks or three or four different things. And each time one of those gets done, you, you start getting closer to, to your completion. Um, and with that, you also want to make sure that you focus very intently on the flow and you want to focus on the flow of value. Um, a lot of scrum teams, when they first start off, or a lot of agile teams, when they start working on their short little cycles, is they'll start a bunch of stuff and nothing gets done. Um, and they get to the end of whatever their cadence is, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, um, and nothing is, is completed or everything's in disarray. So you want to make sure that, that you don't have the team starting too much stuff. Um, and, you know, you want to visualize that and we can talk about other, you know, various ways to do that. But you want to make sure that the team is focusing on what's important and completing stuff. Stuff has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I know there's some ways of you mentioned, you know, there's some ways of, of trying to figure out how you don't take on too much and, and everything. I mean, so, you know, I've, I've seen, 
things like assigning points to to like in software development, assigning points to features and, and stuff like that. How um, is that? Is that a way like for marketing teams? Like how might how might they look into um, not over committing, I guess? Um, that's that's always a challenge uh, until the team has spent some time together. Um, and once once the team spends some time together, you you can you can start figuring out that. But I think the the most important thing for a team to do is to. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Kanban boards. I don't know if you're familiar with what a Kanban board yeah. is or what it looks like, but I'm a big fan of them. And even with Scrum teams, I'm sure, well, Scrum's not coming, but just just so you can take a look at it. And the advantage of having a good Kanban board is you can see how much work is in process. So if we have a, a team and I look at a Kanban board and I see that there's eight things in flight, eight things in, in a particular state of, of undone, and I know there's four people on the team, I know they're going to fail. I don't need yeah. to look any further. I can just look at that board and see exactly. You have eight things that the, that the team is working on. You have four people. It's not going to happen. So if we... So if the team start visualizing their work and they say, hey, we're a team of, of four people and we think, you know, we can do, we have two people that are good with graphics and two people that are good with text and, and that's what we're going to do. And, you know, we look at what's, what's in the graphics state and we have eight things in graphics. Well, that's not going to happen. So we want one or two things there because we have two people get those done and then focus on the next. What, what's the next yeah. step? If we have to write copy around it, What's that? If we have to get things uh, posted on social media and gather our statistics, then how many people are doing that? How many of those do we have uh, in flight? Um, and, and really focus on getting things done from beginning to end, because to complete a single task, you might have to go through five or six different steps, you might have to go through five or six different hands, um, and make sure that you can visualize that and really focus on that area first. Then you can focus on you know, how much can you get through the system? But, but first make, make sure the system is, is working for you. <laughs> great. Great. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up, uh, talked about a lot of, a lot of different things today and, um, a lot of different aspects of, of agile that, that marketing folks can, um, can potentially apply. How do you recommend that somebody gets started and, and learns more about agile, particularly if they're in marketing or a related discipline? Mm, I think that is a, a, a great question. And, um, you know, one, one place to start is there are a plethora of, of good books out there. You know, I know there's one guy named Greg Kilstrom who's written a couple books on agile <laughs> marketing that I've are heard all of good. Him. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about the books is um, they're generally under 200 pages. And I say that because we can only absorb so much, right? We, we all have information overload. Uh, one of the first books I read on, on agility was on just on writing requirements and it was over 500 pages. It was painful. I yeah. hated it. And so I really look for books then in the um, 100 to 200 page market. And one of the things that I've also discovered is as we're focusing more and more on mindset the last five years, there's a lot more, um, there's, there's a lot more books that I think are valuable than, than there used to be. So one, your books I think are great. There's another one called Turn the Ship Around uh, by David Marquette, which focuses specifically on mindset. Um, and it's great. It, it, it's how he takes a nuclear submarine and applies uh, agility and, and team empowerment. There's also others by people like Marty Kagan. 
uh, Melissa Perry, they've written some good books. Um, so, so there are a plethora of good books that are under a couple hundred pages that you can digest uh, in a relatively short amount of time. Also, um, I did mention that we just launched, we just had a conference. There was a three-day conference um, at A20 DMV. That's, that's Agile. The 20 stands for the 20th anniversary and DMV stands for District Maryland, Virginia. Uh, .org. We, we took all of the presentations. Those are all recorded. So there's three days worth of recordings there. Um, I also reached out to a number of people and got uh, lightning talks. And a lightning talk is, you know, anywhere from three to 10 minutes. Um, so we have a couple dozen of those uh, on there. So if you have, you know, 10 minutes, uh, coffee break, it's a good place to go. Um, also, there's an organization called IC Agile. Um, and IC Agile, yes, they're, they're like many of the other um, other organizations, they sell certificates as that, that, that's their business model. That's what they do. However, I see agile has taken a slightly different approach and they're really focusing on, on, um, things that, that the market needs, not just here, here's the single methodology, come learn this methodology. I'm going to sell you this methodology. It, they really have a big focus and they've recently launched, um, an agile marketing, um, um, course. So I haven't taken it yet, oh, nice. um, but it's, it's, it's fairly new, but I think it might be of value. So that's I C agile, not, not, it's just, it's just two, two letters, I and C yeah. uh, agile. And uh, so that could be very good. Now, when you do choose a, a course, make sure you do some research on the instructor because some instructors do nothing but teach and you, you may not get as much value from someone like that, as opposed to someone who, um, who has been delivering, who has worked in the industry and who has, or who has authored books or has some, you know, has some skin in the game and, and has learned from practice. Uh, so be careful when you choose it, when you choose a uh, instructor. Um, and then there's also the business agility Institute, uh, which could be a very, uh, helpful place. And, um, and then there's, there's a, a group in Atlanta called product coffee. Now, I don't know if you've ever attended a, a lean coffee, Greg, but it's just a, a group of people to get together for a cup of coffee and, and they chat about a variety of things. Now, they are mostly focused on product management, but a lot of the product management pieces are in how do you make sure you're developing the right thing and how do you market? Um, so it can be very powerful. They're on Eventbrite. They meet at 7.30 a.m. Atlanta time. Um, and it's a pretty good group. I've, I've attended a, a few of those. They're fairly new. Uh, and there's some, there's some good there's some good information there as well. So I think those are all good places to start. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a lot of great resources there. Well, Steve, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with you and what you're doing? Oh, um, you know, probably uh, LinkedIn. It's Steve Mowbray. That's M-O-U-B-R-A-Y. Uh, LinkedIn uh, is, is, I'm on there quite a bit, as well as go to a20dmv.org. Um, and see what we've just uh, put out there. But yeah, yeah, t touching base and following Greg, of course, is, you know, following you is great. And um, yeah, I'm happy to respond and reach out to anybody. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Steve Mowbray for joining the show. Uh, thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. 
You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.